I want to shift our focus right now to what's happening in the housing market. And it's, it's tough to talk about the Canadian housing market because of all the differences you see, you know, from region to region, province to province, you know, city to city. Right. So the housing market story in Vancouver is going to be a lot different than the housing market story in Edmonton and Calgary. You know, the housing market story in, in Winnipeg or Saskatoon is going to be a lot different than the housing market story in Toronto. So a lot of different things are happening. You can sort of take a national snapshot of what's happening with home sales, home building, home values, that sort of thing. But it's important to understand, I think, some of the regional differences. Uh, so as we've seen uh, a decline in average house prices across the country, it's been a lot smaller looking at the prairie provinces, Alberta included. A new report from uh, TD Economics finds that the, the same factors that have been propping up activity in the prairies should keep the region outperforming the nation overall as, as we navigate this year. It's expected, though, that sales and prices will kind of bottom out in the first half of this year uh, before we'll see a recovery later in the year. So th- there is a lot of question about what you know, we're going to see with the housing market this year amid a possible economic slowdown, the impact of higher interest rates. So joining us to talk uh, more about this new report uh, is its author, uh, Rishi Sondi, an economist uh, with TD, uh, more at uh, economics.td.com. Rishi, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Right. So why is it important in your view then to to take a more narrowed or focused view, I guess, to to look at what's happening in in a certain region, uh, you know, as as opposed to just taking the uh, big national view? I think you hit the uh, the nail on the head uh, in your intro there. Um, you know, Canada. You know, the, the, you know there is data and statistics that are compiled for Canada overall, but, but Canada's housing market, quote unquote, is really just a compilation of what's going on in the various provinces and the various, you know, urban markets and suburban markets and. and you know, uh, it's, so, so housing is very, very regional, very, uh, you know, very local, I should say. Um, so it's it's very diff- it's, it's it's very important to understand that that trends can vary quite significantly when you go when you go region to region. So that's that's why I think it's important to to have that view. Right. So coming into this year, I mean, it's it's been quite a roller coaster for the housing market as we saw. You know, a really hot market. Now things starting to to cool. So what, what's the backdrop here as as we head into twenty twenty three? Yeah, so the backdrop is that, you know, we, we saw a lot of, uh, you know, a big drop in sales, you know, pretty much coast to coast or uh, certainly coast to coast through 2022. Um, you know, big drops in prices, almost exclusively coast to coast, although there was some, some small bird price pressure in Newfoundland and Labrador of all places. Um, now, as we're entering 2023, it looks like trends are starting to, to turn a little bit more favorable, I'll say, um, in that, you know, Home sales look like they're bottoming out in, in, in several jurisdictions, and average home prices in the prairies have actually turned positive on a current basis. And by that I mean when you take the three-month moving average of price growth and you just kind of look at it, it's actually positive in in, in, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and and Manitoba. So so you know prices are trending positively heading into to 2023 in the prairies. And why is that? Why why does the prairie region seem to have uh, outperformed the national average? Oh, I mean, there's there's uh, there's really a ton of reasons, but uh, I think it boils down to the fact that the economies in the prairies have outperformed. They outperformed in 2022, and we anticipate them to to outperform over the next few years as well. So there's an element of economic performance that should limit any potential increases in the unemployment rate that we see across the prairies relative to other jurisdictions. That's one factor. Another factor is that uh, you know the prairies have a bit of an affordability advantage 
over other jurisdictions, not only in terms of aggregate sort of price levels, but, you know, prices scale to income. Affordability is, is, is much better in the prairies relative to these other, these other provinces, and that's allowed, you know, markets in the prairies to better weather the impact of higher interest rates. Now, in the case of Alberta, you know, housing demand has been supported by, by really robust very, very robust population growth, particularly mm-hmm. strong growth in interprovincial migration. So a lot of people coming from, you know, places like Ontario in particular. And these types of people probably have a greater propensity to be to, to purchase homes faster than say immigrants or, or you know, non permanent residents, which are the other two major sources of population growth in Canada. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's helping to sustain the demand and, and other factors mm-hmm. as well that are keeping that there. Now, the wild card, I guess, is, is interest rates, and higher interest rates have had and maybe were designed to have an impact on, on uh, demand for housing. But how much of this is contingent on this assumption that maybe the, the bank is done for now, that we're not likely to see any more, at least any more significant interest rate increases? Well, our forecast is kind of built on or conditioned on the notion that the Bank of Canada will be done um, hiking rates. In fact, we actually have them cutting rates. Um, at the end of this year, as the inflation slows and economic growth slows. So, so uh, you know, the notion that bank is on hold is very much consistent with our forecast. And we're expecting them to remain on hold for much of the year, as I mentioned. Uh, another component of the interest rate story is, is sort of what's happening in the bond yield space. So five-year bond yields, for example, underpin five-year fixed mortgage rates. And we've seen five-year bond yields and five-year fixed mortgage rates come off a fair bit since, since November. So that's helping the affordability backdrop um, for Canada overall, but uh, certainly we, we do expect the bank to be on hold for, for much of the year this year. So the, the impact uh, of all of this, uh, w- whatever impact there is, sounds like we're going to see it in the first half of the year. So that's when things are going to kind of bottom out, even in a relatively mm-hmm. strong position. So the second half of the year, why, why do things uh, seem to, to look better, at least in the second half of this year? Right. So, well, as I mentioned before, we do expect the Bank of Canada to be cutting interest interest rates sort of in the in the the latter part of the year. So that will help. But also, you know, a big part of the story um, for us is that uh, you know, again, bond yields fully coming down. So interest rates on on you know uh, fixed mortgage products, which by the way are are you know make up a greater share of mortgage issuance than variable rate products do typically. You know, the interest rates on those products should be coming down. So there should be an affordability. Um, you know, um, um, advantage that, that, that takes place. So we do anticipate some near-term weakness, and that's just a function of, of the, the Bank of Canada hiking interest rates in, in January, as, as we saw. But, you know, by the second, uh, by the second half of the year, we think interest rates should, should be turning a little bit more favorable, at least relative to, you know, the first half of this year and say, say, you know, the latter half of, of 2021. So some, some relief on the interest rate front, coupled with the fact that we, see more of an, I would say, an economic stagnation versus a, you know, a, a recession or something more severe, uh, that should help, you know, keep uh, personal incomes growing positively. Um, in addition, uh, you know, we think population growth will continue to support growth or continue to support housing demand over the year. Really interesting. Much more is mentioned, economics.td.com. Rishi, thanks so much for joining us here this morning. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.